pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm, I'm. Hi, everybody. So I'm really excited that I'm here uh, to talk my favorite topic in the world. We are talking animation. And 2016 has been a banner year, in my opinion, for animation. I think it's the best year since 2009. And uh, it's just been, certainly, we've gotten just a huge crop of films this year, both indie and major. And I'm joined here by my friends uh, Jim and Tony and Hey. If you guys want to introduce yourself, uh, starting with Jim. Oh, oh, hi. Hey, what's up? It's Jim, and uh, I'm here, and I have a YouTube channel, as well as on the Pizza Party podcast and all that stuff. And then Tony? Oh, and, then, and then for me, <laughs> hello, everybody. This is Tony, aka for my channel, 22 Tiger Dude. I am the man with the tiger power. And I want to thank Rachel so much for bringing me here because animation is personally my favorite genre with movies. So to be on here to talk animation really makes me happy. Sweet. I, I'm so glad. Would you guys agree with me about my statement about the sheer of animation or? Oh, absolutely! It's been a it's absolutely. been a really it, yeah. It's been an interesting year. It's been a a surprising year. I'm I'm actually really happy with just what this year I think will do for you know 2017 and beyond if we're still around there and stuff. You know. Yeah, I think so too. I think both. I'm determined in this review to talk about the main films, but also talk about the indie films. And it's been a banner year in both categories, which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, we've had. As I was putting on my Twitter that we had. There were 17 films that were certified fresh, mm-hmm. which is over 75 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty darn good. Yeah, I didn't see oh, yeah, any really good. I mean, although we got Norm of the North this year, which was really, really bad. Yeah. Everything else. Was, <laughs> I guess the bar was so low, everyone was like, let's just aim higher. You know, I guess that you didn't need to go that much higher, but with Norm of the North. But. Yeah. Yeah, it's all, it's all like 2016 is like, sorry, you guys, we didn't start off so well, but you know what? Here's Kung Fu Panda 3, here's Finding Dory, here's Utopia, here's Kubo to make up for that shitty start. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, everybody's apologizing for Norma the North. So I guess let's get that one out of the way. Yeah. So Norma the North, uh, in your opinion, is it as bad as people say it is? I'll go first for this. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I mean, I I saw Wildlife this year, and I personally thought that was way better than Norma the North. I, I I'm not saying neither one is great, but. I, I, I just thought Norm of the North was so, so hard to watch. It wasn't funny. It was, it, the story was so stupid. The performances were shrill. The, the, the characters were not consistent. <laughs> like one minute he'd be like all cool and swag and confident. Next minute he'd be all insecure and he's like twerking. And there's like, and, and oh then it was God. really boring too. I, I, it, it was, it was so bad. <laughs> Oh man! What about you, Tony? Did you see Norma the North? Um, yes, I did, and believe it or not, I actually saw it a couple of days ago. Because <laughs> for because you know, with me being happy with most of the animated films this year, I've just been so unmotivated to watch Norma the North. But then after doing this podcast, I'm like, okay, I have to pull through this movie so one I could get out of the way, and two so I could talk about it. 
I saw it a couple of days ago, and yeah, it's as bad as everyone says it is. This is the worst animated film of the year. It's even worse than Ice Age Collision, of course, which I'll know we'll get to more later on. But yeah, yeah. I was utterly speechless. Like, I could not believe what I was watching. It's not funny at all. And if I did laugh maybe a couple of times, it's just because of how unintentionally funny a couple of. Yeah. What? Okay. Oh, we crashed. Tony oh. got crashed. Is he okay? Oh, Here. No. Or should I talk about that? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. And okay. Hopefully you can... hear a twerking polar bear. Oh, there bear. he is. Oh, do you guys sorry, see sorry, we lost yeah. you for a second. We, you came back on twerking polar bear. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not funny at all. Just like we used to right now, Rachel. It's not funny yeah. at all. The writing was really bad. And you know, when you when you just describe to someone, you want to see this movie about a twerking polar bear voiced by Rob Snyder. You already know that's a bad sign from the start <laughs> right there. But the yeah. biggest. But the biggest crime of this movie was how boring it was. Like 45 minutes into this movie, I wanted to fall asleep because I was literally bored to tears watching this movie. Like I didn't really get anything out of this film. <laughs> it w yeah. And it was even so dumb that I had to unintentionally laugh at a couple of parts because I'm all like, I can't believe I'm watching this movie. You're like, this is awkward. <laughs> no one's you're laughing. Like, you're like, I better, I better laugh at myself because there's nothing to laugh at. <laughs> yeah, it's like there, there's a great uh, Roger Ebert review where he's like, I guarantee you, staring at a blank wall would be preferable to to watching this film. And and North was that movie. I'm like, yes, my thoughts, my creativity is better. And then, like people are like, oh, it only had an 18 million dollars budget. That's baloney. I mean, the Tinkerbell movies don't have very big budget. There's lots of movies that come up with a lot more creative story and a lot more creative. I mean, a lot of these indies that we're going to talk about have lower budgets than that, and they're great. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. I don't think that's an excuse. It was just even it was some, so... even some of the even some of the straight to DVD Disney movies are better than Norman the North. No, it was it was just so ab abysmally horrible. It was just like shocking <laughs> how bad i mean i knew i will say i knew when it was coming i was like this is this is like food fight level and i, I would put it i would put it up there with food fight it is it yeah. is as bad it deserves like i food fight still worse yeah if you need if you need another bad movie to watch after food fight after your soul's been broken it's there to break it some more so you have yeah. that for you yeah. Uh, let's see. We did get some great... I have this chat room open. I don't know if you said that, but see, Dipper723 says, Norm of the North was meant to be direct to video, so it's easy to pretend it never existed. So, there you go. <laughs> uh, so... You'll live, you live a better, better life not knowing it existed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it was really, really bad. I said in my review that I thought that, uh, that uh, Rob Schneider was the best part in the movie, and you know that's a problem. I have a hard time thinking of the best part. You're nicer than me, I think. 
Um, all right, so let's move on to much happier things. Uh, so next thing we had was Kung Fu Panda 3, and I happen to feel that this is underrated. I really liked it a lot, and I went into it thinking it was going to be terrible. I hated all the trailers, and it was just so pretty. <laughs> I really loved the animation. I think Jennifer U. Nelson did a great job with this. Uh, it definitely exceeded my expectations, and I thought that, what it did was so well was it took the humor of the first movie and the action of the th of the second movie and really combined them together for me and just the the way they combined the 2Ds in it in there and I really loved the adoption message I thought was really sweet and uh, you know was nice to see and so I really liked it. What about you, Jim? What did you think of Kung Fu oh, Panda? I, I love the Kung Fu Panda movies, and I actually rewatched them all right before three, and I kind of fell back in love with them because they're just so. They're so well directed in that. Uh, what's her name? What was her name? Who directed? Jennifer U. Nelson. Yeah, she she's the uh, has the highest grossing film directed by an Asian woman, I believe. Oh, interesting. I th I believe that I might be messing that up somehow. But um, a two was so well directed. I I think it might be my least favorite in the franchise, but I still mm -hmm. think it's really really good, and I was really happy with it. It doesn't do as much interesting camera work is one and two but it's still like such a beautiful movie and in comparing i think it's so much better i really didn't like trolls but like i thought it was so much better than trolls on a just production level it just really showed dreamworks everyone underestimates them but when they really put their mind to it they can do really beautiful amazing things like the how to train your dragon yeah. movies and the kung fu panda movies don't get the especially two and what she did with the camera in that second one is really amazing and there's not a lot of animation yeah do that and i think she although didn't reach to the height she didn't to still like it's still just an amazing thing to watch and i was really happy to get to experience that on the big screen it was just like it was beautiful i think a lot of with kung fu panda 3 a lot of it is what you're what you want out of a movie like if you want a total comedy then you're gonna like the first one the best if you like a kung fu movie then you're gonna like the second one best if you but for me i liked this merging of the two that i thought was really cool and and uh, so for me, I, I, I really, and I liked seeing Poe become a teacher, you know, yeah. that, instead of just, just sort of the math, you know, the, instead of becoming the student, he yeah, becomes good, the teacher. Good, like, full circle franchise moment. As you yeah, yeah. I don't know. What do you think of it, Tony? I liked Kung Fu Panda 3. I thought it was just a very well-told, very nice family film. Um, it wasn't as uh, dark as I thought 2 was, because one of the things I loved about 2 is how surprisingly dark and deep it was. Mm -hmm. And and 3 certainly had some of those moments, but I felt like it didn't really go as far as 2 did. But even with that said, I still did like the third film. It still carried on the theme of family, and you know the importance of family and life the animation like just somehow the animation in these movies just seem to get better and better mm -hmm. like it's just some of dreamworks best work when it comes to animation and like what you said it's nice to see poe become more of the teacher this time around rather than like he's still learning but uh he's he's now learning what it's like to become a teacher and that was really refreshing Mm -hmm. And I did, and I did really like the antagonist voiced by J.K. Simmons. I thought he added a lot to the antagonist. Like he had his humor, but he's also um, a little intimidating when he needs to be. So I thought overall, as far as third installments go, it was very satisfying. It is a very worthy installment to the other two. I do think the first two, in my opinion, are better films. 
but I do think this one was still like a very solid animated movie. Yeah, I think so. I, we have got some great comments on this. Justin says, uh, Justin Brown says, Kung Fu Panda 3 is the funniest of the series, but 2 was the best. And then Mahali Kobala says, Kung Fu Panda 3, in my opinion, had way too much humor. The second film balanced humor and drama much better. Visuals were amazing, though. And then Dipper723 says, controversial opinion. I thought Kung Fu Panda 3 was better written story and constructed film than Kubo. So wow. there you go. Wow. <laughs> A lot of opinions there. That's great. Yeah. And, and, I can, and I can understand those opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right, we'll keep moving. We got a ton of movies to cover, so uh, sorry if we don't spend too much time on everyone. Uh, so the next one I just wanted to briefly mention is Boy and the Beast. This is by animator uh, Mamoru Hosada. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was actually my introduction to Hosada, and now I've since gone back and watched his other film, some of his other films, and he is just great, beautiful filmmaker. And I, I really, I really liked this. I think that uh, the animation is stunning, and I think the core story is is a good one. You know, sort of the it's sort of a Karate Kid kind of a story, but with a little bit of a furry element. It was funny. I saw. Boy and the Beast, and I saw Zootopia the same weekend. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was the yeah. same weekend. Yeah, and I randomly, I, I went in, because Utah actually has, I guess with Sundance, like it has a somewhat thriving indie kind of movie scene. Uh-huh. And I went to the theater, and it must have been some kind of like anime club, because it was packed, and people yeah. were super into it, which is very infectious. And so I really enjoyed the experience, and it does, the ending doesn't quite work. A character changes that it doesn't, it comes, comes out of the blue kind of, and it, it, yeah, it doesn't quite work, but I, I still really enjoyed it. I didn't, did either of you get to see this? I, did, I, I saw it, um, and it was also my introduction to Hosoda as well, um, but I think I, I still really like The Girl Who Leapt Through Time is probably my favorite. I saw that yeah. and reviewed it after I had seen Boy and the Beast. Mm-hmm. It was good i don't know if i felt he was as promising after watching uh boy and the beast because girl who left through time after i watched that i'm like oh my god mm-hmm. this guy's so cool um and i would actually recommend that would be the one film i think that maybe should have w- would be the first film to get into it was just that this film was promoted so heavily i of course mm-hmm. wanted to see it um so i didn't i didn't do it the right way but i still uh i and still same. really like I like yeah. I like the relationship between him and the. I don't remember this that well. So uh, him and the bear guy, um, and I like. I and I liked what it was saying about maturity and things like that. But there are a lot of elements that I think, story wise, didn't pay off yeah. as well as I think they wanted it to. Like or, him and his dad, know. that didn't really pay off, and the relationship with the girl that didn't really pay off. But it's so pretty. Or what was the. A human who then kills someone or something at the end that kind of came out of nowhere yeah, yeah kind of the villain at the end didn't really yeah. work i mean if you're gonna see if you want to see this just see girl up through time first and yeah. then see this i know he did something else i didn't see that and see, I see... I, my favorite of his is called summer wars it's so creative and so different yeah. and i just found it wonderful so I recommend no, that. that. I want to see that one. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's really good. I can't wait till you do it and you can do one of your, your reviews on it. I think you'll really have a lot to say. Uh, okay, uh, cool, cool. Yeah, did you see this by chance, Tony? 
Um, unfortunately, I didn't. Yeah. Normally, when it comes to these anime movies, for some reason, like my city will get all these independent movies. When it comes to these anime movies, they never really come to my area. So yeah. I have so I'm gonna have to probably wait until maybe Netflix to see this movie because I have heard about this movie like from a couple of YouTubers and after watching the reviews, I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. I would like to check that out. Yeah, so, but definitely can- check out the uh, the the other ones of Osada first, and <laughs> don't do what Jim and I did. <laughs> well, I'll be right back. Hold on. Okay. Um. So we do have some comments on this. Uh that uh, Paleo uh, Stino is, in, is on the chat and he says, this is not Hosada's strongest work, but The Girl Who Lived Through Time and Wolf Children are his best. Summer Wars is good too, but I need to rewatch it. Uh, so. Oh yeah, Wolf Ch- uh, Children I heard a lot of good things about. Yeah, I really, I actually haven't seen Wolf Children so I, I need to see that one. Uh, but I, I want to. I've heard that one's really, really good. And uh, it's just neat. I mean, because I think there was a worry for me that uh, that with the uh, loss of Studio Ghibli, that we'd see a a loss of you know anime or something. But now with your name and some of these other films that we've gotten this year, that's oh, yeah. it's reassuring to see. Plus the fact, good. plus the fact that uh, um, Hayao uh, Miyazaki uh, is coming out of retirement, which is oh very yeah, exciting. I Yay! did hear about that. Uh, he's like Cher. He just announces he's going to he's retiring every like five years. That's but, one uh, thing that I think is really cool. Though. Like even though Studio Ghibli is like it's shut down, they're still carrying on like the yeah. Jap- they're carrying on the Japanese anime films, which I think is great, especially for those that are like a huge lover of those kind of movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, we got some comments. We'll be talking about your name coming up, but oh, it's so good. It's so good. Okay. All right. Well, let's start talking about why Jim is getting. Uh, the next one that came out is uh, is the Ratchet. The next one we're talking about is Ratchet and Clank. Oh, yes. And so this is directed by uh, Kevin Monroe. And I didn't hate this movie. I'll just be honest. I had fun with it. I thought it was kind of like an, a, 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 it felt like a Saturday morning cartoon kind of to me. Uh I thought it was an okay little space movie for kids. I don't know. I, I didn't hate it. And I, so I was, I thought that it would get like 30, 40% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. But then when I came and everybody was just like, this is the worst thing ever. It's like, Oh, okay. I, I did. I liked it. It's not a masterpiece, but I, I had fun with it. I, I kind of agree with, with you. I, I don't know. You're probably more positive on it, but I wasn't so angry about it. Yeah, I guess I don't play the game, so maybe no, that's I've, part of it. I've never played that. I don't really play video games that much, but I, I never played it. But it did. It felt more like, to me, if I'm remembering this correctly, I, I felt like it was like when you used to watch Saturday morning cartoons, like you'd watch the whole morning, whether yeah. you liked them all or not. And it felt like a show that was between two shows I liked that I was fine with. <laughs> I had fun with it. But... If that sh- if that show got canceled or was wasn't on, I'd be a little bummed, but I'd get over it quickly, kind of thing. And it was fine. I think it. I don't know the characters that well, so I think a lot of people were who played the game were happy with it. But I don't think it was that video game movie that's going to. Tra- it definitely was not one that was going to transcend. And if you're a normal audience member and you're like, "What's Ratchet and Clank?" and you saw it, you'd be like, "Yeah, 
you know, and that, I don't think that was what yeah. they wanted from it. So yeah, I mean, it's not very memorable, but I first personally found it a lot less uh, obnoxious than say the Nut Job or Strange Magic or. I don't know. I think it's a lot better than those kind of movies. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. And a lot better made as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think of... Do you see Ratchet and Clank, Tony? Yeah, I saw the movie about, like, just a month ago. So it hasn't been that long ago since I've seen this movie. Um, and I actually have played the games, not the PS2 games, unfortunately, but I have played, like, just the PS3 games of Ratchet and Clank. And I will say, like, I'm pretty much on the same, um, I pretty much have the same opinion as you guys. Um, I just thought it was, it was a, you know, it was a decent little animated film. Like, it was harmless. It wasn't offensive or anything. I wasn't like, oh, my goodness, uh, like that. But I was like, you know, this is, it's fun and all that. It's not a very memorable animated film. But I think as far as what they try to do with this film, I think they pretty much did their job well. And it is better than, in my opinion, most video game movies that have come out. I'll say that about this film, at least. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the bar isn't high there, but yes, yeah. I agree. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and my, but my favorite thing about this movie is Ratchet and Clank's friendship. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, I thought it was nice. I Again, I not a masterpiece, but I would give it like, I'd, I'd give it like a C. I thought it was okay. Um, so, uh, let's see, Paleus News says, I started playing the original game after seeing the movie. The game seems to have much better humor than the movie. If anything, just watch these cut scenes from the game on YouTube, and you'll get a funnier movie that way. So, <laughs> fair enough, fair Thanks, enough. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I did hear the PS4 game is basically the movie. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Yeah, they used a lot of the same. That's why it looks so good on such a small budget. Oh, yeah. And so anyway, all right. Well, okay. So now this big one we'll probably talk for longer on. Uh, next up was Zootopia. And Ooh. this had 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. It made a billion dollars on a $150 million budget. And uh, it, I, I love it. I think it's great. Yeah. And I admit it after I've seen it now a lot of times that the, the metaphor does fall apart a little bit when you think about it too long. But... <laughs> I look at it as I think that all metaphors, like if you're, if you overthink like tortoise and the hare or the ugly duckling or whatever it is, a, a fable for kids to teach them a lesson, it kind of starts to fall apart. Like why didn't any of the other yeah. ducks know that he was a swan, you know, like you, you start to kind of, well, and, with, with Zootopia, I think it was just that um, the idea of the prey and the predator and I guess what they're trying to say is the predators are basically how America or most people would be considered yeah. supposed to be metaphorically minorities. And although I think Zootopia's heart is in the right place, like it really is. There's not a question of that. The idea of of making that group predators gets yeah. into all sorts of territory I know, that like I know. Is, is creepy. But I really love Zootopia. I think it's actually a really good movie for kids. And I think it like brings that makes them at least get them to think about something like that and in some ways i don't agree entirely with what it's saying but i think it's kind of like the ends justify the means and but in the means that it justifies it like soars in it it's such a entertaining movie yeah and i love the characters uh judy hops is like one of my favorite characters of this year um it might be my favorite hollywood 
movie of 2016 just because I like anytime I watch it I seem to even though the first time I watched it I was like this metaphor is falling apart but other times I watch I just kind of fall in love with how good it is at being a big uh, studio movie which I don't think any studio movie was as surprising because I didn't walk into the bunny detective movie thinking (laughs) I was going to get an argument about racial relations in America that was like not was not prepared for that so I think that was uh that, and it was cool, and I love that surprise about it. So. Yeah, it took me three, I admit it, it took me three times, and the third time I was like, oh, yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when but, it hits you, you're like, oh. Shoot, you know, you're like, darn it, they almost had it. But yeah. I, I don't know, like, I just feel like, I, I feel like it, it's a fable for kids to teach them a lesson, and then it has all this other stuff on top of it, like you were saying, that, that make it so delightful. The, I love Judy Hopps as a character. I love sort of the bullying message that it gives, you know, that, that's really oh, yeah. nice. I love the relationship between Nick and Judy, and I, it's also super funny, and it's beautiful. <laughs> I actually bought the art book for this and like the amount of like detail that they work they went in into like to to put labels on uh, you can tell they have a Simpsons background because it, one thing that Simpsons is great on uh, is that in the shot there'll be like a background joke and the primary joke and it's one of the great things in Zootopia is that like labels on vending machines or labels at the stores or whatever are all kind of background jokes you know whether it's the yeah. the DVDs on the thing or you know, and so that makes it really fun. And, uh, you know, it's also got sort of this whole, like, crime noir kind of feel to it and like, great atmosphere in, in different scenes. And so, I don't know. I guess I'm willing to kind of forgive forgive yeah. the, the problems, but I, I love it. <laughs> but I don't know. What do you think of Zootopia, Tony? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just like what you guys thought. I think it's a wonderful animated film and and it and i was already excited for this film going into it but the one thing like you guys said i wasn't expecting them to go so deep into you know racial stereotypes and you know the like how us as society comes together uh, whatever like it doesn't matter what race we are you know we could come together as a society and i was all like wow i was just expecting this to be a really fun and uh very entertaining disney animated film but I wasn't expecting such a thought-provoking movie, and I mean that in a very great way, to yeah. be honest. Like, yeah. I thought they handled those aspects very well, and I, I really just like the balance that it had for the kids and the adults. Like, there's something that the kids can laugh at, but then there's those jokes that's going to go way over the kids' heads that the adults can definitely laugh at. It's very well-directed. Yeah. The animation, you know... It's a cliche to say this at this point for a Disney animated film, but it's absolutely beautiful. Like, what else is there to say? But definitely the best thing is Judy Hopps and Nick Wilde's relationship. I just liked how um, their little relationship was growing as the film was going on. And, you know, especially once you learn about Nick Wilde's backstory, you start to feel more sympathy for them. So I just really admired the amount of depth, the amount of messages that were put into Zootopia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did too. And also I, a nice message too about never giving up, you know, that, that if you're smaller, yeah. if you're, uh, if you're different, keep going. Like <laughs> it's the race isn't the only message in the movie. No. Yeah. Which is nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I personally think it's the strongest non-musical from Disney since 
101 Dalmatians. I think it's wow. better than – I personally am not as high in Wreck-It Ralph as the average person, but I think it's better than Wreck-It Ralph. I think it's better than Big Hero 6. I think it's better than Emperor's New Groove or, or I don't know. Um, Go back. Wow, that's a big claim. I, I know. I almost, I, <laughs> I'm trying to – I'm like, when you said it, I was like, huh. I, I, I'm, I'm like kind of on board, but I'd have to look it up. Maybe Lilo and Stitch. Like I love and Stitch, Lilo and Stitch. And Emperor's New Groove are kind of fighting me on that, but, <laughs> um, and I'm since, wow, that's a big claim. I know. That's, I mean, <laughs> I thought about it all year. Because when you said non musical, I'm like, that does disqualify like the entire Disney Renaissance. So, <laughs> so, so that's gone. And you know, most better than Rescuers Down Under, I think. I mean, huh? Wow! You made you made Jim speechless, Rachel. Yeah, I don't. (laughs) It's definitely better than Black Cauldron. Uh, Yes, but I don't think anyone. (laughs) There's probably one person like now. I'm turning this off, but uh, (laughs) controversial opinions. Black Black Cauldron fan eighty five is really upset. Um, uh, huh, that's interesting. You know, I I I don't know. I don't want to sign off on it, but I'm like, you're getting me thinking that way. It's it's close to it at least. Yeah. You know, because when you say non musical, that's interesting. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, I think Lilo and Stitch is probably the the next best. A lot of people love Treasure Planet, but I'm not as high in that. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just not as high on their non-musicals, which is very true, actually. Yeah, um, okay. Aren't as good as Zootopia. Anyway, moving so, on. So, all right. Uh, yeah. So I I I get it. People have issues, but I think that I I think the average ninety nine percent of kids are going to watch it. And I mean, I, not that I ever think that things should just be made like, oh, make it dumb enough for kids. I hate that attitude. But I do think a movie can be carefully made for kids, and that's a good thing. And I do think in this case, the message was made for kids, and I think that it works for them. I do. I don't yeah. think that many kids are going to be sitting down and being like, wait, am I a predator, mom? No, I don't think and, so. And the great thing about this film is that once those kids grow older, you know, when they look back at this movie, they'll be all like, oh, yeah, I missed that when I was a kid. Yeah. Or, or you'd be surprised how it affects you, because I grew up with X-Men comics, and it made me look at racism in a so much of a different way because I was like, like, why would you, you when you look at the X-Men and they'd call them muties and they had, you know, a racial slur for mutants and everything. Well, I guess it's not a, a genetic slur or something. Anyway, mm-hmm. but the, like it make it kind of like, you could say it like is liberally conditioning you, but I think it also like makes you think about these things in a different way. And I think there's probably, a, maybe we'll have a lot more tolerant kids because of Zootopia because I, guarantee you there's not one little kid who didn't see the bunny detective movie i like calling it that. <laughs> so the the chat room is going crazy about my claim of of the i'm like laughing right now because i'm reading i'm reading through that chat right now <laughs> uh, all right well let's talk about an indie uh let's talk about uh, April and the Extraordinary World, and this was directed by Christian Desmares and Frank Ekinsi. Sorry. Yeah, you're doing better than I probably. <laughs> it's so. French. What do I know? Um, yeah. So this is by the same people who did Persepolis, and oh, yes, yes. I and 
It is, I loved this movie. I thought this was great. I, this was such a, it's a really cool movie for those of you who aren't aware of this film. It is uh, based on a graphic novel by Tardis, I think his name is. And yeah. it is, I actually have the poster right there. Um, and it is about a world of steampunk. And most steampunk movies are terrible like wild wild yeah. west and league of extraordinary gentlemen and movies mm. like that are really bad but this case they actually give you what a world of steam would be like it's dirty yeah. it's gritty it it feels cold and the animation is so great and you have this this lead character named april who is trying to find her parents who all the scientists start getting rounded up and i have to say about this movie there there's a kind of a reveal that you either kind of go with or you think is super weird and you don't like. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and I won't spoil it for you, but I went with it. I really liked it. I thought it was a very, very entertaining, different, unusual, weird film. And I like that sometimes because I get tired of the same old, same old. And uh, so I don't know. I know you saw it, Jim. What did you think of? Um, I, I, I uh, liked it a lot. The steampunk thing, you remind well, your descriptions are like reminding me every time. Of, of seeing it, but the the steampunk, most of the steampunk stuff, it's like very um, stylistic, but there's never really something to back it up in those yeah. films you mentioned. And in this, the reason they're in steam, and I think it takes place in current time, in alternate history, where steam, we never evolved from steam, basically. I think I'm getting this right. It's like and in the um, I think it's set in the 60s or the 60s, 60s yeah 60s. yeah but it's like an alternate 60s yeah because all the scientists were rounded up yeah all this so like we couldn't move past steam so it's interesting it kind of reminded me a lot of uh tintin and herge which in france is like a, a really big thing and tintin never really it's big here but not at all like what it is in europe and that kind of more for adventure than character in a lot of ways and i i like that about april i think it's fun it's kind of weird to not have it be as much about her i think it was just like a really enjoyable as i remember animated adventure movie is uh you know especially for like you know if you're a, a, for like i think this would be appropriate for like little girls as i recall um it's very actually there's, there's a few scary parts but i i took well, maybe I was... like 10 <laughs> Yeah, I think old. so. Like, I took my friend's uh, friend and her little girl, and mm -hmm. I was so impressed with her. I don't know how old she is, if she's eight or nine or something like that. Anyway, um, but I was nervous because it turned out that it was subtitled. And I'm like, oh, is she going to – because it goes pretty fast, oh, and I didn't know if she'd yeah. like the subtitles, but she did great, and she really liked it. So that oh. – I know. I was like, I'm very impressed with you. No, props to her. But it, <laughs> just because we're saying this is in French, the one thing about this, and I think Long Way North as well, they're very, like – they should probably be playing in an AMC or a, re or a big mainstream yeah. theater. They're that kind of a movie. So if you're like yeah. wondering about this film and you want to see a big kind of animated adventure and you're used to mainstream films, this is actually a perfect way to get into French animation. I so agree. Like this is a, I, I was going to ask you this, Jim, like why do you think that European films have had such a hard time uh, getting any kind of footing in the U S because I mean the, uh, the anime has done pretty well, has yeah. done pretty good, but you have the great movies, even the Ardman movies just do so bad here. Yeah. And 
they just, I don't know what it is, whether it's even something like Shaun of the Sheep, this terrible, like you had. Uh, uh, Wait, you called it Shaun? I do that too. No, it's Shaun the Sheep because you're thinking Shaun of Shaun of the Sheep. Yeah. Sheep. So <laughs> no, everybody, Shaun I love that mistake. Anyway, sorry. I didn't Shaun the Sheep. It's so you. bad. Shaun the Sheep made $18 million in its whole run. Yeah, and it's a great movie. No, and it's I, a great movie. I mean, oh, yeah, in, in, in Shaun the Sheep's example, I don't know why, because that had that wasn't a lot of screens. It came out at a really bad time, and it was a movie of a property that America doesn't really know as well. Um, but in terms of April in the Extraordinary World, I think if that had enough money behind it and you put it out on a weekend that there wasn't a lot of competition, I think it, if April in the Extraordinary World had made $18 million and they hadn't put a ton, they you know did mm-hmm. minimal promotion and got some good voice actors i think it could have done well but it's also like people aren't as into pushing 2d and we have this weird foreign film thing i won't go too crazy with this but we have this weird foreign film thing where if it's not super arty then the art theaters aren't going to be so into it but if you're too mainstream the mainstream audiences are like yeah but you're like all french and that's weird so it's like you're kind of like if you're a movie like april you're kind of like stuck in this little box and it's hard to kind of figure out where to go because there's not an anime audience. There's not the indie audience that you'd think there'd be. So sadly, April gets kind of like dropped in the middle of everything, which I don't think is cool. Yeah. I wish, I think it could be different because seriously, I think this film is very accessible. Like it's not just because a film is in French doesn't mean, you know, they're going to just talk in silence for 20 minutes or something. Yeah, exactly. Like it it just has that stigma of, oh, this is going to be boring, but April in the short world is not boring. In no, my opinion. No, it's it's very exciting, actually. Yeah, boring. I, I have learned that boring even more so than beauty is in the eye of the beholder. But to me, it was not boring. Yeah. It was really cool. So anyway, okay, moving on. Uh, so the next movie we'll talk about is the Angry Birds movie. Just what we <laughs> all were dying for, the Angry Birds movie. Yes. the the best animated movie of this year that's right (laughs) um yeah it's so interesting because i did a uh dvd a blu-ray review of this on uh, rotoscopers.com and the blu-ray is like stacked with special features like i've never seen a blu-ray it has like a craft activity and i'm like hmm i wonder if they know something about their movie Like, there's, like, a music video. I mean, it is really stacked. Wow. But, uh, anyway, so it's just kind of funny. And so the the thing, I actually thought the animation was pretty good. I thought it had some okay jokes. I didn't think it was terrible. But uh, I had to, to me, the biggest problem of this was the message was so odd. And, the, and a lot of the humor doesn't work. And the, the message, at least that I took away from this movie, was that being angry is better and you should learn to be angry because happy people are stupid. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, well, that is, that is, that is similar to what my right? problem was with, with trolls, but, um, in reverse way. But, uh, I think because he has to teach all of the happy birds to be angry well, I, in order for them to defeat the pigs. I think he was, it's been a while since I've seen this one, but, uh, I, as I recall, I think it was more that he was being cynical and questioning them rather than just flat out being angry <laughs> as I recall. But I didn't, uh, the more thing I took away from it is that this studio who had never made an animated film, uh, whatever they are, who made the game and stuff, 
I think it's fairly impressively made for a studio that yeah, like I they agree. all their money. Well, like while I was watching, I was like, hey, whoa, this is like some cool animation in it. I didn't love it. I sort of forget it at this point. But <laughs> I, I do remember. I think Trolls did. Your reaction to Angry Birds is like my reaction to Trolls. I think, so. <laughs> yeah. which is kind of interesting. I don't know. What do you think of uh, Angry Birds, Tony? Um, this movie was fine for me. Like, I I didn't hate sitting through Angry Birds, but it wasn't really the best year. Like, for the first two acts, I wasn't hating it, but I was just bored watching it. And at the same time, it was just really annoying. Like, I got annoyed with a lot of the jokes. I wasn't even laughing that much. I think I maybe laughed only maybe three or four times in the first two acts. But then all of a sudden, the third act came, and I all of a sudden was having a lot of fun with the movie. Mm. So I probably didn't rate it as low because, you know, my channel, I use a four-star rating. I was going to go like two out of four stars. But because of that final act, I was like, okay, I'll push it to two and a half because of that final act. But before that final act where it actually felt like the game because I actually am a huge fan of the Angry Bird mobile games. Like, I am addicted to that app. <laughs> so it was like watching the mobile app game but on the big screen, like, you yeah. know, when they have to – um, you know, take care of that mission and the final act, the way the birds would sling into the pig village. Like, I just it thought was, all that was a lot of fun. It was pretty clever how they worked in the game, I thought, uh, with the, uh, yeah, with the slingshots and stuff. Uh, it was pretty clever. But, oh, my gosh, they it felt like they were at that hoedown so long. <laughs> like, why are they still dancing? I was just what was the point of that? It was like, we get it. Yeah, Blake Shelton, let's move on. It was so long to me. That, that was the first time I heard a Blake Shelton song, and I was like, so, like, he's he's a famous person for this music? I just remember <laughs> thinking that. I was like, like, I feel like he's more famous for that show that I never watch. But, like, <laughs> this is a song that they play on the radio. I was like, that was yeah. astonishing to me. I was like, so he makes popular music. <laughs> They did like multiple okay. verses. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like so I mean, I, long. I was just like, so people listen to multiple verses? It was very confusing to me. <laughs> also, for a, also for a movie called Angry Birds, the birds really weren't that angry in the movie. It's just the one. See, I thought going into it that there would that it would be like a Grinch story. You know, that like the angry bird red would learn to be happy like in Grinch or Scrooge or something like that and but instead it was like it was it was it's as if the Who's learned to be more like the Grinch like that's what I feel like I'm like wait what <laughs> it's like come come live with us and have you know like I don't know I just thought that was so odd oh I but, will uh, say I will say before I continue my favorite character was Sean Penn's character where he does <laughs> <laughs> that was so uh, weird. Also, like yeah. Sean Penn, like he never does any big movies, and he's like, "I'll do Angry Birds," and I'll do. Yeah, that was so weird. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, so when I saw the opening, I was just like, even though I knew it, I was like, "Wait, oh, so this is real." He's really. You know, it's gotta <laughs> suck to be a voice actor when like the they can't even get the. <laughs> yeah. like, shoot. Um. But, uh, but yeah, I, I liked. Um, who did I like? Uh, well, I thought I, I did think also that the that the eagle that whole storyline was a complete waste. They should have just cut that all out. Yeah, no, that wasn't funny. It's too long. 
But I, I, I did think it had some funny moments. I, I like the anime. I like those little birds. Those are cute. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they are cute. And I think if I was a kid, I would like it. But I'm not, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, does, it does kind of bum me out that it made so much money. I feel like I feel like animation in 2017 is going to it's just like there to punish me because I see all the animated films. Wow. <laughs> and the Ouch. only one I only one I'm really looking forward to is the Lego Batman movie and to a uh, Coco and oh, yeah. Cars 3 a little bit, I guess. Um, but don't don't fall for the trick of that trailer. <laughs> that, I'm not I'm not I'm not falling not. for this this trick. Get Pixar getting everyone to see Cars 3. I'm, every time I see people it go... It worked. It well, worked, I think. Oh, it worked so well. Because, like, it was brilliant. If I came up to someone a day before and go, are you going to see Cars 3? And they're going to be like, why are you talking to me? But then they'd go, no, I'm not seeing Cars 3. <laughs> and then the trailer comes out and they go, I don't know. Cars 3 might be the dark one. And I'm like, what? Are you for real? <laughs> It's like Disney just hired Zack Snyder to come in, direct the trailer, and he just got his paycheck. I mean, yeah, that's really true. That, yeah, it's kind of. It just, I was just like, this is like car, the Cars Three trailer is unreal. I'm just like, whoever is head of marketing, I'm sure they're like, dude, you can have the rest of the year off because people are actually talking about Cars no. Three. Just amazing. I know, I know. I mean, next year we're getting the Emoji Movie, Boss Baby, Captain Underpants, and uh, Despicable Me Three. Despicable Me Three. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just the list goes on. I'm, I'm, wow. I'm excited for My Little Pony. I guess. Oh, that's um, next year. I do like. Yeah, that's next year. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's a tangent, but I just yeah. feel like, oh, we're getting the Nut Job too. I'm like, oh no. It's coming out in May. Like, I'm like, <laughs> can I make a deal with my fans? <laughs> maybe, that, like, maybe I won't have to see all these horrible movies. <laughs> can, we, can we like swap? Yeah. Okay. Um, so moving on. So let's talk about Finding Dory. Yes. Okay. So this got a 94%. Of course, Andrew Stanton returned. And I don't think even Pixar expected this to be as big as it was. I mean, oh. holy cow! This—I don't—I don't think in their wildest dreams they thought this would be the biggest movie of the year. Oh, I think they thought really. I think they knew because it's not only is it a huge—it was a huge hit. It was a big hit. No, uh, the original. Sorry, the original yeah. was a bigger hit than anyone expected. It's actually the best-selling DVD ever. Oh, I didn't know that. Like ever is a huge DVD success. So did think- you know? Speaking of, uh, think, did you know that the Cars merchandise sells ten billion dollars? I've year. heard that. Yeah, yeah. Almost as much as Star Wars. That shocked yeah. me. I didn't know. It was that kids like kids like cars. I don't know. Holy cow! But I also uh, wouldn't be surprised if it's because of Ellen DeGeneres like promoting it. Because I know ever yeah. since they announced Finding yeah. Dory, Ellen DeGeneres would promote Finding Dory on her show a lot. I mean, I think they thought it would do well, but more like what Moana has been doing. Uh, I don't think they they thought it was going to be as big as captain america i mean i was i was but maybe su- surprised because i don't think it was uh their strongest i think it was one of, i don't know it wasn't a movie i remember that well personally mm-hmm. not to sh- not to crap on anybody's <laughs> or anything, but uh i i i mean i i have i was fine with it but i was like after inside out i was like oh all right guys that's cool but i don't know 
Yeah. I mean, what did you What did you guys think of it? I enjoyed it. I thought it was a sweet little movie. I I thought it had some weird subversive parts to it that I kind of liked. Uh, because <laughs> well, just like sucks. the fact that like this place isn't really like caring for them. Yeah, it's a rehabilitation center, and I thought it was sort of weird that they have the voice of the computer in Wally. Like, if you're a Pixar theorist, like that was sort of strange. And uh, you know, because they got Sigourney Weaver in there, and she's <laughs> like, that was weird. And um, and also the fact that Hank like so wants to leave. I thought that was weird. And so there were just some sort of subversive elements. And I thought it was super funny at the end. Like that made me really laugh. And, oh, yeah. and I, I thought it had a nice little message, baby Dory, you know, like that was super cute. And, yeah. and everything's so like polluted around there, which was weird. And so I don't know, there's just some weird elements that I thought was like, huh, but, um, but yeah, it's not like the greatest movie ever, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a nice little movie. Yeah, I don't know. What do you think about it, Tony? Oh, okay. Um, me, I actually really love this movie. Like, mm-hmm. I thought it was refreshing because it's like, even though it takes place after Finding Nemo, it's not really, it's not really continuing anything. It's just a whole new story set in the Finding Nemo world, just starring Dory this time around. And I thought it was kind of cool that they did it that way. They didn't really rely too yeah. much on the original's connections. Like, just here and there they would. But it's like, for the most part, it was like their own story. And I was really invested with Dory because Find Nemo is one of my favorite animated movies of all time. And obviously, Find Dory isn't up in that level, and I wasn't expecting it to. But, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure how Dory would work as a main character because in Find Nemo, you know, she was so great as just being that nice, bumbly, goofy, supporting character. But then when you see Finding Dory, you kind of see Dory in a different point of view than you do in Finding Nemo. You know, she has more depth to her. She has an entire backstory. We didn't know about her in Finding mm-hmm. Nemo. And because of that, she uh, uh, now after seeing Finding Dory, I see her more as that bumbling, you know, supporting yeah. character. You know, there was a lot that they went with her story that I really liked. And mm-hmm. I like the new characters, especially like with Hank. I really liked him. He was making me laugh a lot. And I thought Marlon and Nemo, their subplot was simple, but I found a lot of funny moments in their subplot. And, you know, there's some nice little heartwarming moments into the film. And I would even get a little bit misty-eyed. I would say, like, one moment towards the end, which I won't spoil, but that one's all like, okay, you're almost making me cry, movie. Don't get me there yet. Of course, it's Pixar. (laughs) Of course. Yeah, I kind of liked the fact that as opposed to her, like, meeting one person and that person taking her all the way through to the end, like in the original, that she would meet one person and that person would help them for a little her for a little bit and then she would meet another person whether it was that beluga whale who was hilarious and and yeah and the uh i forget the um anyway and then you know she'd go on and and i I thought that was kind of fun i liked it i liked becky and gerard they were hilarious oh the sea lions i love them too and becky (laughs) that little bird i did i actually i did like the sea lions those were by two of the guys from the wire i believe Yeah. yeah That was funny. Well, and just that dumb sea line. I thought he was funny. Oh, I man. guess I like stupid characters like that. 2016 seems to be the year for some very dumb characters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. So, what do you, you were more, it sounds like more lukewarm on this, uh, Jim? Yeah, I'm just not. 
I don't know. I, I, I'm fine with it. I just wasn't as, like, with the car thing at the end, I was like, it felt a little too sequely for me. Um, but, I, and it's not a Pixar I'm probably personally going to own, whereas, like, Inside Out, and even, like, I like, I think I like Good Dinosaur more than. Me too. I'm a, I'm a Good Dinosaur apologist as well. Oh, I support Good Dinosaur as well. <laughs> Good Dinosaur apologist. It's so it's such an underrated Pixar movie. Yeah, I've heard I've heard and I kind of said this maybe my reviewer said it somewhere or something I don't know. But um that I think Good Dinosaur will be one of those movies in 20 years whatever BuzzFeed is or whatever there'll be like 10 reasons the Good Dinosaur is an underrated classic. Like it's going to be one of those where like no one at this time who's an adult really got it, but I've heard kids will just watch it on a loop for days. So I think we'll be hearing about the good dinosaur. It just the kids who are into it aren't old enough for us to listen to it. This yeah, we will well, hear about it. I remember making, uh, I think it was Paleo in his video uh, where he was on Jungle Book, where he was like, "Why are you all so amazed by the animation in this, and you hated Good Dinosaur?" Like. I totally agree with him there. Like, why were we all so stunned when they had just done it like six months before? And yeah. I don't know. I, I thought it had a Dumbo quality to it. I thought it had an old-fashioned, old-fashioned Disney feel to it. A, you, mean, you mean Good Dinosaur? Good Dinosaur. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it definitely did. And it had, I mean, it does do the one, this is like, <laughs> we're including Good Dinosaur, I guess. But uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> for 2050. But the thing about Good Dinosaur is it takes the thing that every dinosaur movie, Disney's Dinosaur and Land Before Time do, where it's like the dinosaur road movie thing. And I know that genre has been done to death by the time Good Dinosaur comes along. But Good Dinosaur is still really good at doing that. It's like a good kind of Western. It is another alternate time, alternate history type of movie. But And I know that's that was too weird for most people. But, it, I mean, I, I had a good time with it. I think yeah. the, the Good Dinosaur's biggest problem was that it came out against Inside Out. And although I don't think that hurt Moana as much as with Zootopia, I think it did hurt Good Dinosaur. Maybe yeah. they should have put out Good Dinosaur. I mean, they, they and Star Wars ate it up as well. So it was just yeah. like Good Dinosaur didn't work out. I mean... Yeah, it didn't work out for it, and it's kind of sad. But I, well, I, and they spent way too much money on it. It it, yeah. it was costing two hundred million dollars to make, and so well, a lot of but, that's development costs. Like development but, costs, I'm not going to get. Yeah, we need to move right. on. But right. but it, a lot of that were costs before they finished the movie. We saw a lot of those costs were not in that movie. Basically. Yeah. Well, we've got lots of good dinosaur apologists in the chat room, which makes me very happy. <laughs> Yay. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We got We do have a lot to cover. So let's yeah. move on. Okay. So next one is Secret Life of Pets. This got 74% on Rotten Tomatoes and uh, is from the Despicable Me team, Chris Winod and Yaro Cheney over there in Illumination. And I. I, I get the I get the critiques of this movie. I guess I'm not somebody that's like super bothered by a repeat storyline. You know, it, like if it's something I've seen before, I don't really care if they execute it well. And I thought this was decently executed. It definitely like I, like they try to they try to get like emotion with like his former owner, and mm. they miss a lot of opportunities that they could have had. And I didn't think the gang really worked. I didn't. I thought that was just weird. I didn't like yeah. it. It was, um, it was like a weird Motley crew that never yeah, It was just kind of annoying and like, yeah. I don't know, weird. But overall, I thought it was okay. I, I was entertained by it enough. 
I, I was surprised how uh, I'm not a big Illumination fan. It might be my favorite Illumination. Yeah, it's like no one's a huge fan. But uh, it was one I liked, and they were good at kind of do doing this kind of very mainstream kind of passable Secret Life of Pets yeah. movie. And it was, you know, I had a good time watching it. I probably will never see it again. Uh, I like that yeah. they... It, I will say the one thing I remembered about it is I don't see a lot of movies that cast a bunch of famous actors and have it have them actually ca- like well cast. Like most of yeah. the time, it's just like who can we get? And you're watching, and you're like, oh, that's <laughs> Sean Penn for a bird that doesn't yeah, exa- talk. Oh yeah, exactly. But like in this, like <laughs> Louis C.K. was well utilized. Eric Stone, yeah. Street, Kevin Hart, um, everyone was like cast perfectly. Uh, Jenny Slate, who's like. I think the voice acting MVP of this year or something. And like, like they're all well cast. So I think as much as Illumination feels like the big stupid studio right now, they did a really good big stupid studio animated yeah. movie with Secret Life. Yeah. So. I, 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 yeah, I like to do what, what do you think about it, Tony? I actually like this movie. I, I actually think it's one of the more underrated movies of 2016, to be honest. Like, I do understand people's criticisms would be like a, to- a Toy Story kind of ripoff. But I mean, there's going to be a lot of movies where they kind of borrow elements from other movies. It's just a matter of how they present the story, how it's executed. And in my opinion, I thought Secret Life of Pets was very well executed. I thought mm-hmm. it was very fun. It was very funny. I know me and the other people at the screening were actually laughing very hard at a lot of the moments in the movie. So everyone seemed like they really were having a good time watching it. And I just really love the characters, like the cute personalities of the characters and how accurate they are to how mm-hmm. a dog can react or how a cat can react because there were some moments in the movie where I'm like, oh yeah, that's my dog right there. <laughs> and then well, I'll and like, I did like that uh, that they uh, that they had lots of different kinds of pets. I thought that was kind of cool. And my favorite was Gidget and um, Chloe the cats. I thought they, I mean, not oh, yeah. Gidget was the oh. little dog, the little dog, and then Chloe the cat. I thought yeah, were, like, were those fun. Were- those were two of my favorites as well. And the yeah. cat was just and the cat was just so mean, but that's like the yeah. personality of some of the cats I've seen. <laughs> and I, I guess I like weird surrealist things in animated films that don't make sense. Um, and so I liked the weird hot dog scene oh the hot dog, <laughs> I about the hot dog scene it I was like a, it. it was a little it was a little preview of sausage party yeah <laughs> yeah it was yeah <laughs> so the chat room is very down for the most part on secret life pets they don't they didn't i guess really like it so but yeah. oh well i that no i i don't think well i guess maybe they did because illumination just seems to be able to print their own money but um I, no matter what they put out but um it made more money than Batman v Superman, and that has that has to Well, hurt. I don't think anyone's gonna get upset about. That. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, okay. unless Ben Affleck's in the chat, but he, he that was a upset. lot of money. Okay, so moving on. Next, we talk about a definitely worse film. Uh, we're talking about Ice Age Collision Course. Is next. This is the fifth Ice Age movie. This got 13% on Rotten Tomatoes, but believe it or not, it made 407 million dollars worldwide. Yeah, People, but, but how much did it make here? I don't not think, very much. I but, think it but, made seventeen million here. Yeah. People, out, what is wrong with the world? Why do they like these movies so much? 
I've actually never, I haven't seen one, or if I have, it's been forever since I've seen I, I could be wrong, but I hear the reason they keep making these movies is because of, like, I think Russia or China, like, one of those countries is, like, eating up these movies. That's why yeah. they keep making them, apparently. I could be wrong. That's just what I keep hearing, at least. That's yeah. what I, yeah. So someone in the chat says 64 million in the U.S., 400 the the, the uh, peanuts movie wow. which i loved made 262 million worldwide so that means ice age 5 made almost double <laughs> the peanuts movie made. that's crazy yeah. i wish peanuts had made more that sucks oh. i know so yeah it's like if you ever want to say why we can't have nice things that is the reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, there's really not a whole lot to say about this. I, I really, I didn't think it was funny. A lot of the time, the movie is spent just characters complaining about each other, and that's supposed to be funny. Like the Ray, the sloth character complaining about his new son-in-law, and them com- complaining about his wife, and them complaining about each other. And then it was also really weird that the, the um, Manny character, who I guess he's the sloth, and the Ray Romano character is the woolly mammoth. Anyway, so so the the Manny character. Or whatever. I forget all their names. Anyway, who cares? Uh, but one of the characters falls in love with the Heather Graham character in the Shangri-Lama place. And then it turns out she's like, there's like this fountain of youth thing. And so they get out of there and she becomes very old. And he's like, okay, bye. See you later. And oh, I'm like, no. she's still the same person. Like that was such a weird thing. And then she gets changed back into the pretty. And he's like, okay, I'm back. I'm in love with you again. I'm like... Oh, that was weird. <laughs> we fall in love with people. I know I'm giving, I'm way overthinking Ice Age 5, but just that was so strange that it's like, well, you're not beautiful and you're old now, so bye. <clears throat> anyway, I don't know. So you saw uh, Ice Age uh, 5, Tony? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> um. Okay, like like I, like I said when we talked about Northern North, I don't think this is as bad as Norman and North, but oh my goodness, this movie was terrible. <laughs> I I couldn't believe it because you know I didn't hate the fourth one like everyone else. The fourth I was like eh on, and then I was hoping that would be the same way with this one where everyone hated it, but I'm just like eh on it. But no, they dropped the ball with this this is the worst in the franchise this is the one of the worst movies yeah. of the year it's 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 like all the all pretty much the good things you need for an animated movie they're barely present in this movie like the animation is really nice i still really like the yeah. animation and i laughed at maybe two jokes but you know the movie was really boring the whole media yeah. prophecy was just so weird and everything you just <laughs> said about this tub that makes you young old young it, it it was it was a mess it was a complete yeah. disaster of a movie and by the time i got out i needed to lay down because i had to rest my head for what i just yeah. experienced and and neil degrasse tyson just needs to stop he needs to stop accepting calls for every movie under the sun. Like Ice Age 5, like, he, I'm done with him. Like, he needs to stop. That's all I have to say. So, because it was really bad. His cameo was terrible. 
All right, let's move on. Okay, so the next movie is the... Oh, man, so many talk about... The next movie is The Little Prince. And I have to be oh. honest about this. I'm not as high on this movie as most people. I thought it was really boring. I thought it was preachy. I thought the, the characters were very sort of... I don't know, just like the mom was way over the top with this, like, list, this chart. And the I just didn't bond with the little girl and her and the old man. And then it got weird, but I kind of thought it was weird in an interesting way because I like weird things uh, with the whole work thing and, and, like, her finding the little prince at that work thing. at the uh, So that started to get, to me, actually interesting. And maybe it's just because I, I, I find that people who have read the book like it way more um so maybe that's just the problem is i've never read the book but i don't know it was pretty it looked nice i mean it, it was it was kind of a weird adaptation because they kept um uh the the little prince is just about the story he was telling that's the book it's based on the whole thing with the old man was made up for the movie which is like a bizarre way to adapt a famous story um which i and so i uh I don't know. I don't love it. I like the animation in it, but I think I like the animation in the Little Prince parts and found that better than the other plot plot of it. But I still like. Yeah, it. that was nice I, in those parts. I think I liked it more than you, but I don't think it was. Um, I think I wanted it to be better than it was, but I, I enjoyed it at least. You know, it was just a weird way to adapt. Like, hey, you have this famous story, and you're like, well, what if I changed it? And you're like, what? <laughs> Why would yeah. you do that? Like, changed like, it and made it more boring. <laughs> I mean, why, why change it in such a way? That That's yeah. still the thing I'm confused about. It's a very... I, I gave it a C plus, so that is like yeah. just passing. I didn't... So I didn't like hate it, but, uh, you know, I gave it a better grade than Angry Birds or... But I do think it's... I, I don't think it deserves a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I think it's it's a bit overrated. But if you anyone wants to see it, it's on Netflix. So yeah, you can watch it from there till Netflix is over or something. <laughs> Did you see uh, Little Prince, uh, Tony? Um, unfortunately, I haven't. I haven't had the chance to mm. see it yet, but I know it's on Netflix. Like what Jim just said right now, right? Okay. Yeah, I mean it's certainly worth seeing. Like, and and it certainly deserved a theatrical release. Like that was just a mess, stupid Paramount. But yeah, uh, but it, it got in a few theaters in Canada, in I think. Oh, it, well, it got released in Canada, like a good release. In New York, it was like one, and the showtimes uh, are all weird. So I, I probably just saw it on Netflix. So. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, moving on then. Uh, man, there's so many. Uh, so then the next one was Sausage Party, which I did not see. So uh, oh, did you not get to it? or No, I just don't see that kind of hard R-rated content. Oh, okay. I mean, so if, I chose not to see it. If, if for anything to be... On the, I, I think it was funny, and but the thing that I will probably I've been taking away from Sausage Party, and I don't think we're probably going to talk about. Well, I don't know what if you're going to talk about Killing Joke, but what Sausage Party and Killing Joke and sort of Nerdland did as well is selling a mainstream audience a more mature animated film mm -hmm. and a different kind of animated, which is good for animation because we are kind of stuck in appealing to just one audience and things like that. And mm -hmm. Sausage Party being a hit. And when I saw it, there are people who, look, I go to every animated theatrical release I can. Mm -hmm. Those kind of people do not go, who I saw at Sausage Party, do not go to Boy and the Beast and all yeah. that. So I think it was a triumph in that. But 
when I heard Nerdland got bought by Screen Gems, I thought, okay, they'll give it a decent release. And it got like a Fathom Events thing one night, even though that's by Titmouse, who does so many Adult Swim shows in her. Yeah. I must say, I haven't seen that one. I did see The Killing Joke, believe it or not. (sighs) I didn't like it. I hated it, actually. The Killing Joke has a lot of... uh, It's like, that's another one they adapted in such a weird way and made it worse. Like, like, like they made the story that was already controversial even worse somehow. But the the financial ramifications of those, that Killing Joke made enough that they were writing about it in Deadline Hollywood and that they were saying, hey, all these people came out to a mature action animated film it's good for animation and what they'll do but i haven't yet seen anything being approved yet but it Mm -hmm. it does pave the way for a studio to go maybe we will take a chance on that so if if anything even though you didn't see sausage party it's good for the medium i i think sausage party was a little funny it's a little controversial but it was i laughed at certain parts you know yeah i'm thrilled for it for the medium i it just i it, it pushed the edge i mean i'll see already movies i do quite a bit but it it pushed in. I felt like it was too much, so I decided not to see it. But but I don't know. Um, Tony, what do you think of Sausage Party? Oh, I'm not gonna lie. I had a really fun time with Sausage Party. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I'm just gonna say this: Do not take your kids to this movie. Do not do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna say Sausage Party. I actually thought was a very funny movie. I was laughing a lot, but also um was kind of poking fun of like the like it basically took a jab at every religious like every religious person as possible like with the difference of like the mustard or the hot dog or the buns which kind of surprised me it was kind of like zootopia in a way where they kind of had their own thought-provoking message at the same time and there's even this um musical number in the beginning where they're where they're basically kind of making fun of Disney, and I heard even the guy that writes the Disney songs wrote this one. So yeah. I say, if I, so I say if so, so I say if anything, Rachel, even if you don't see the movie, look up the musical number, The Great Beyond. Yeah, no, it's uh, Alan Menken wrote the songs for Sausage Party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but this movie actually, but this movie actually did make me laugh. Um, I, it was just really entertaining. I never thought it was slow. I thought the voice cast did a very great job, and the ending scene. There are some things you can never unsee in a movie, and that <laughs> ending is one. And that yeah. ending is one of them. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the good uh, food fight, but with uh, really writing that R-rated line. I'll put it that way. Um, yeah. But anyway, moving okay. on. Yes. All right. Real quick, I, I just want to mention, uh, since I don't think either of you have seen it, uh, just mention Phantom Boy. Uh, this was by uh, directors of A Cat in Paris, uh, Jean-Louis Filicoli and Alan Gagnon. And uh, it's not as good as Cat in Paris, but I, I did think like it was, it, it was a beautiful story about a boy who gets to sort of escape from his body every day. He's in a hospital. He in his in his spirit kind of escapes from his body, his phantom, and he goes out and he helps this detective who's also in the hospital to uh, to solve this crime. And there's this uh, there's this bad guy named No Face who's pretty fun, and and uh, it it was it had a nice heart to it. It was beautifully animated. It kind of had a cubist kind of style to it. And uh, so if you like a cat in Paris, 
Uh, it's definitely, I bet you it'll be on Netflix. It's worth checking out uh, if you get it, if you get a chance. And it was just nice to see something that was sort of superhero-ish, but it was just like its own story. It's not part of a cinematic universe. And I don't know. So I, I liked it. I, I think uh, um, it's worth seeing if you, if you get a chance. Um, so yeah, we're going to power through a whole bunch of indies real quick. Uh, okay. So we talked about, I touched by Phantom Boy. Next, we're going to talk about Long Way North. Uh, so, um, Long Way North, I thought that it was beautiful. I love the animation. Uh, it's, it's really cool how it works in like color blocking. And, and so they specifically didn't have any lines to everything. So it's just like a, like her skirt will just be like one block and, yeah. it, and it doesn't have, not only does it not have any lines, but it's sort of fuzzy on the edges. And of course it's 2D. And I actually got the chance to interview the director, Remy Chaye for Rotoscopers. And that was so cool oh, to hear about cool. their process. And, uh, and it's, uh, she's a cool character, Sasha, Sasha the, the lead character really liked her. And uh, it, it kind of, the ending I thought surprised me. I think they spent a little bit too much time on the boat kind of getting there. And, and some of the story could be a little better. But uh, and but I liked that she she's she's a a diva you know they don't completely kind of make her this strong strong woman right away like she kind of has to learn and it was it was a, a good a good movie that if you get a chance to see I recommend checking it out and I know you saw it Jim what do you yeah. think of it oh I like uh, Long Way North a lot um, I think I prefer to. Um, it sort of reminds me a little of April in the Extraordinary World in that um, it very much is uh, kind of a Hergé type adventure. But the good thing about this one is what I was complaining about with April, what I like about Long Way North, is you see her build and become like yeah. this stronger female character throughout the film. There's a lot of great character development. And it, it does an adventure that's real. Like I don't I don't think it's a real story, but... I think it's based on some stuff. I forget exactly, but it's based on like Shackleton and some of those other things. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's like, it's like based on stuff, but it's more of a realistic adventure mm -hmm. thing. And I thought that was cool. I think it's actually a really good film for uh, young girls to see. I mean, mm -hmm. within a certain age and all that, but uh, I think it was a really cool adventure movie in this time, the type that Hollywood doesn't make that type of adventure film. Anymore. Yeah. Because cool. she starts out as this sort of diva and the, the the transition is is pretty subtle you know like she yeah. first she doesn't even want to eat the peasant food uh, where she's at and it seems gross to her and she has to learn how to clean and learn how to cook and learn how to you know all that stuff and i, I like that i thought that was good i agree and um so yeah it's if people people always say oh 2d animation is dead that's just 2D animation at Disney and DreamWorks and people like that. There's lots of great 2D animation out there if you dig. Uh, we've already talked about a number here, even just yeah, on this. Long episode. Way North is a good example because the character designs are interesting. It's more like. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. I agree. Okay, next one, uh, another indie uh, is Miss Hokusai. Uh, this was based on a, a graphic novel, mm -hmm. and it is about this real life person. It's an anime about this woman in the 1600s, Tokyo, I believe. And her uh, father is the famous, there's that painting of the, the wave. Yeah. Uh, and it's a very famous painting. And so she's trying to learn to be a painter. And the movie is basically a bunch of little vignettes of their of her life and there's oh i really liked a section about her and her sister who's blind and like it's hard for her dad to sort of accept it, being an artist it's hard for him to accept having a blind daughter and i really thought that was nice and 
the only thing that I, I had problems with in this movie is I did feel, even though I've been to Japan and I feel like I know more than the average person about Japan, there were parts that I felt I didn't understand culturally. Like she, mm. at one point she kisses a woman and I didn't know how much that, that was supposed to mean if that was what was going on. And I didn't have a problem with her kissing, but like I just confused about what it meant in the story or yeah. like certain parts in the brothel and the harem, whatever they call it over there, the geisha house. That I was like, I don't understand if we're supposed to be, if this is a, a good thing or a sad thing. or a, So I was just a little culturally, I felt like I needed a little more context <laughs> sometimes. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about Miss Hokusai? Um, I, I enjoyed it, but I think it is kind of uh, much like uh, Takahata's My Neighbor the Yamadas. It's like a bunch of little stories combined. Yeah. And My Neighbor the Yamadas did, that. Takahata did a bunch of films like that. Um, only yesterday, no. that way. Yesterday, a little. Oh, there's one, and now I'm forgetting it. But I'll shade the brat that does that also. That are based on my manga, and then uh, made into animated films. And this one, it just felt like there's certain things where her and her father were doing the thing with spirits and paintings that was really interesting, and then other stories that it was like, I don't know if this works, and there didn't seem to be much of a balance to it. So, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was interesting, uh, but I don't think it was uh, amazing or anything that was just kind of cool with it yeah i guess uh yeah i think that's fair all right let's keep moving on um all right so and it was beautifully animated and it was really cool how you dived into the painting sometimes that was sort of fun oh so, yeah that was cool. all right so let's talk about kubo and the two strings and i loved this film and i admit that i can see that it does have some problems but like there were not problems that bothered me (laughs) um i just i think what's the key for me about uh about kubo is i just loved him as a character so much and every time he would smile it made my heart happy and i i just i don't know i felt like they could have done almost anything because i just bonded with that character right away so much and it was so beautiful and just the way they use paper and the way they use, oh, it was so pretty. And I, I just really enjoyed it. I've seen it a couple times now, and I have it on Blu-ray. And I, I, I liked it a lot. So I don't know. What do you think, Tony, about Kubo? <clears throat> well, judging from the character posters I have behind <laughs> yeah. here, I, I clearly did not like this movie at all. <laughs> But I honestly really, really love this movie. Like, this is so far my favorite animated movie of the year. Um, There's still a couple more animated movies I have to see, so I don't know if there will be any that will top this. But for now, this is, like, my number one right here. This movie absolutely blew me away. And even though I was already excited for this movie, um, when I came out of it, I got more than what I was actually expecting from the film, which, you know, that was a surprise to me. I just thought animation, like, oh my goodness, the stop motion, the character designs, the background, everything, the attention to details is just so impressive in this film. My jaw even dropped a couple of times because of just how breathtaking the movie looks. And then, you know, the characters, you know, just the focus of these three characters, like with Kubo and Monkey and Beetle, you know, just following those three characters for the majority of the movie, they just added so much personality to them. And there was actually a, a, I was actually surprised with how much humor there was in the film, because even though it did have its moments of being dramatic, there was actually a great balance of adding a lot of humor, particularly with Beetle, 
you know, voiced by Matthew McConaughey, he's probably my favorite character because he added like so much comedy um, to the film. But there's also heart to the Beatle character that I actually really like that the movie added. And then, you know, where the storyline was going from the end and then, you know, the messages just, I feel like as far as animation goes, you know, all the ingredients you need for a really great animated film was all present here and Kubo on the Two Strings, like, I can't stress enough of how much I love this movie. It's just plain terrific for me. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. beautiful. I, I, if I had any flaw with it, flaw with it is I thought that if they had just ended it just about five minutes earlier, because what they do with the grandpa is a little weird, and some of their stuff is like, oh, if, yeah, you just, if you'd had the guts to like end it on a more bittersweet kind of ending with him sort of having to deal with this tragedy, I think it would have been better, but I still, I just loved it. I, I really did. I, I don't know. What do you think, Jim? Um, I, I enjoyed it. I think the story was a little too close to like the typical kind of blueprint of the hero's tale, but mm-hmm. um, I really love the animation. I think it's maybe like his best flat out on a technical animation level, best film they've made. Um, uh, just some of the, like uh, that scene where it goes underwater and there's that eye, that eye thing. Was oh, just, yeah. Like I can't, some of the animation is just amazing i didn't love the twists at the end with the i don't want to give anything away but with the monkey and beetle and stuff we were a little like made me go like really yeah but that was predictable it was I pretty obvious so it I mean, wasn't I, it just uh, i didn't love that but i know this, this is getting a better reputation uh since it came out and um uh, is doing well awards wise, and I think it's because the animation is just shows the greatness that like it can do. And I think just for like literally just for the animation, I think this is one of the animated films you should see this year, just because the animation was just yeah. I haven't seen stop motion like this ever in my life. It was just very beautiful. Yeah, me either. I mean, it certainly deserved to make more than sixty nine million dollars. That worldwide sixty nine million dollars that just impresses me. I was so, so surprised much. because anytime I went to the theater kids were freaking out over the posters and stuff. And maybe that's just where I am and stuff, but I just, I thought it would do better. And it is, I don't know. I think I wish it had done better because I think it's a, it's a real, it's a beautiful film to see on the big screen. If they're ever playing it again, which I doesn't sound like they're going to, uh, but if they are ever playing it on the big screen, go see it because it's just visually a treat really. Yeah. All right. So the next film we want to talk about, man, we still got, few more so uh next one we're talking about is storks uh so i i thought this was better than 63 percent on rotten tomatoes i i i was entertained by it i i thought that a lot of the jokes worked made me laugh and i liked again it has sort of an adoption message which i kind of liked i guess i'm a sucker for that and i thought the babies were so cute i was just like oh they're so and i love that montage at the end with all the couples and their babies and like Mm -hmm. Oh, it's so cute. And so, I don't know. It's not a masterpiece, but I enjoyed it. I don't know. I, what do you think of, uh, Jim, what do you think of Storks? Uh, I didn't really like you it You didn't that like much. it? <laughs> I didn't like it that much. Uh, it's kind of like, just to me, the Warner Brothers style, but not like Looney Tunes by that. I mean, uh, it didn't entirely work. Um, and I was a little confused by like, doing movie like doing that tradition of storks and like they weren't really saying anything with using that so I was a little confused about why do it entirely but Mm -hmm. um you know it was fine I think with Warner Brothers animation I'm more into the Lego stuff and less into this was always the question what is the stuff they're doing that's not Lego and they were like storks and I was like I'm good 
was kind of a mm -hmm. <laughs> random, uh, mm -hmm. yeah someone in the chat room just said it bombed i wouldn't say that it had 70 million dollar budget and it made 178 so it didn't bomb. oh yeah no it didn't no it didn't bomb you know but uh um but anyway tony what do you think of storks I have a rather weird opinion on this movie. Okay, here's the thing. When this movie focuses on the heart, they get the heartwarming stuff right, and I'm yeah. buying into the movie. With the humor, however, that's where the movie loses me. Because don't get me wrong, there are some moments where I did laugh, particularly with those wolves voiced by Keanu Peele. Yeah. Um, they, they were only in a couple of scenes, unfortunately. I would like to see more of them. But those couple of scenes with them had me dying of laughter. And there were other moments where I did laugh. But for the most part, the humor was falling flat for me. Luckily, I guess the storyline was well-written enough to where... Uh, you know the the humor didn't totally take me out, but yeah, um, you know, well, especially I, that little toad pigeon, whatever he was, he was he wasn't good. Oh, yeah. that's that's who I was about to bring up too. Like I was annoyed um, in certain aspects of this film, but that one pigeon character, my goodness! Every time the movie cuts to him, I'm like, no, go back to the stork, go back to that girl, the stork and the girl, because at least I was enjoying that part of the story more than that toad pigeon character and and also <laughs> yeah. for the and also for the first 30 minutes i was a really i was really annoyed by that female character her name just slipped my mind right now but um it wasn't until after the first 30 minutes where i wasn't annoyed by her anymore and i actually started to care about her and yeah. then I, and then I didn't really care too much about the plot with Kelsey Grammer's character, you know, where he plays Andy Samberg's boss. That that plot I didn't really care too much for. But there was some mm -hmm. nice heartwarming things in this film. I did actually love the montage at the end. I would probably say that's my favorite thing about the stories is like maybe like the last 10 minutes of the movie. But yeah, when it comes to the heart, it's great. When it comes to the humor, eh, not so much, yeah. but I'll say overall, it's an okay animated film. It's a film I watch, and I'm not going to really rewatch again, but it was okay to me. Yeah, I think that that's probably fair. Uh, you know, it's not one that I will be rushing out to get on Blu-ray, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, okay, so let's keep going. So the next movie is The Wildlife. Uh, this movie is, people are saying it's worse than Norma of the North. I don't think so. I think it at least had, like, a story and it had a few nice portions portions of animation i still gave it a d like it's not a good movie but i didn't think it was unwatchable as i just didn't think it was as bad as norma the north that's all i thought i didn't think it was good but i didn't think it was yeah, as basically bad. basically you weren't questioning life yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah they, it has these cat characters though that were probably the worst characters i saw in all of 2016 they're so weird and it has probably the weirdest pregnancy i've ever seen in an animated film so anyway did either of you see that right. wildlife no, i didn't see that one i i haven't but now i want no, to just don't for that, just, just for, for that pregnancy. just yeah just for the pregnancy scene was, i have to watch it it was so weird it was so weird this cat yeah anyway okay so like definitely let's move on um so <laughs> next we'll talk about trolls Oh yes, trolls. <laughs> I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Uh, oh, should I? Yeah, you go that? ahead. You start. Uh, I really didn't like <laughs> trolls at all, at all, at all. 
I believe I called it fascist. Um, but the problem with <laughs> trolls was the I think what you were saying earlier about Angry Birds, and it was this idea of um, just everyone has to be happy. And I'm like, ever. I mean, you know, I hope everybody's happy. I'm not against that. But um, it's just like this whole like very much like, oh, they're miserable and we're happy and this kind of very one-dimensional thing. And it kind of upset me because I know this film's kind of more for kids and it's kind of very limited view of explaining emotions to people just really rubbed me the wrong way. And I actually don't think it's very good movie for kids. I think maybe it's also irritating, but that's beyond the point. But like moralistically, I think it's actually like a troubling film because it's very like you should be this way and no other way. And I didn't, I, I really didn't like that. I didn't like, I thought it was a step down for DreamWorks animation wise. And it just, uh, and it had that Justin Timberlake song we're all sick of. So just not, <laughs> not many, not many good things about it. I, I guess I liked when it was over. Um, that was, that was it. <laughs> so I didn't hate it as much as you did, but I totally get it. It definitely yeah. has, a, I, you described it as a fascist metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. It is, though. Yeah. It is. It in is. your review, because, uh, because it, I actually have seen it twice, because I, I went on the Rotoscopers uh, show for this, mm -hmm. and so I wanted to, I don't know, see it twice and, uh, to, for my opinion. And I, I liked it a little better the second time, and I did enjoy it overall. I thought it was fine. But I thought it was really uneven to me. It was very, like, for every moment I'd like, for a song that I'd like, then there would be a song I didn't like. And then for a thing I'd like, a character I'd like, then there would be a character I didn't like. And so to me, it was very up and down, up and down, up and down. And I thought that some of the animation was really cool with this sort of Lisa Frank felt kind of aesthetic. Yeah. But then other parts looked really cheap to me. And, like, there's a scene in the castle where the, there's, like, a alligator kind of creature or whatever and that chases them and looked like something out of out of like a tinkerbell movie or something direct to dvd like it looked really poorly rendered and so there were scenes like that that i was like whoa uh they they just didn't try on that but then other parts where i was like wow they really tried to make something bright and colorful and beautiful and and most of the music didn't really work for me but i actually am not sick of that song just because for some reason Right, I have the ability to not get sick of things the way other people do. And I think it's pretty catchy. And I think that uh, on the second, there's one scene where, uh, where Poppy tells Branch that, you know, you just need to be happier or something. And, and Branch says, how can you be happy all the time? And, and Hoppy, Poppy tells him, I'm not, I know that there are bad things out there, but I choose to believe, I choose to believe that most of the time, uh, that good. Most of the time, people are good, and that things are good. And I was like, you know what? That's really true. Like, I am also a realist, but I'm also try to be happy and try to be positive. So that like kind of tempered the message a little bit for me. Like, so they were saying, I know that bad things are out there, and that people can be bad and make bad choices, and that anger is real. But I choose to be positive. So I. I don't know. I, I, I guess that's where I came out on it. But the thing I didn't like the most about it was I did not like the Bergens and how they were designed and especially the, um, uh, the I think Bridget was her name, that character, voiced by Zoe Dachanel. I, I, like, yeah, I, think, I think it's Bridget, yeah. Yeah, it became like a whole sort of Cyrano de Bergerac kind of uh, teaching her My Fair Lady kind of thing, teaching her like the trolls. I, I didn't like that at all really and so for me it was a mixed bag um but i don't know what do you think uh tony of trolls 
Yeah, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with you. I think it's a mixed bag of a movie. Like I didn't hate watching through it. Like it wasn't absolute torture like Norman the North or Ice Age Collision Course. But you know, it, it's not like one of the more memorable MF films. And I'm a huge DreamWorks fan, and this is not exactly one of my favorites from DreamWorks. I probably mm-hmm. do like it slightly better than Home because I really did not care that much for Home. I and really I was, didn't like home. And and I was a little more annoyed with home. Trolls, I was annoyed, uh, but not as much as home. So that's probably why I would take this over that movie. Yeah. But the you know, as far as good things, I do think the animation is very colorful. It's very bright. It's you know, it's pure eye candy to look at. So I thought it was very nice. And I did like most of the songs. There's like maybe one I didn't like, but most of the others I didn't really mind. Can't Stop the Feeling, that song has been stuck in my head and it still is stuck in my head. So thank you, DreamWorks, for making such a catchy, catchy (laughs) song. So yeah, Yeah. it does have a catchy song. And I did like the characters of uh, Poppy and Branch, right? Justin Timberlake's character, I believe it's Branch. Yeah, I really did like following their story, but man, when we get to the Bergens, that's where I feel like we get to the more weaker moments of the film. And then this whole romantic subplot with the with the Bergen King and the Bergen girl that Zooey Deschanel plays, that that there was no need for that romantic subplot. That was just too weird. It was awkward. I didn't find it that funny, yeah. to be honest. And then the climax was kind of rushed too. I mean, it was kind of cool that they used Can't Stop the Film, the climax, but I thought the scene in itself and how it wrapped it to the end, I'm like, okay, that's basically your movie right there. So it, it has its ups, it has its downs. Overall, I just felt very meh towards the movie. Like, yeah, at, at least it had a positive message for the kids. I could definitely say that. Yeah, uh, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, we we're, it sounds like we're actually probably kind of on the same page when it comes to trolls. All right, so the next film I want to talk about real quick is another anime. Uh, it's Your Name, and this thing has gotten tons of buzz. It's made huge money over in Japan and China, $276 million already, which is crazy, and uh, it deserves it because it's awesome. I love this movie. It is beautiful, and I think what it does is it draws you into these two characters by being really kind of light and fun for the first 20 minutes, and then it takes it to this deeper place, but you're attached to these characters because you've been having some fun with them that, like, it, it really works, and I, I just... I don't know, I just, I, I thought it was such an original story. I thought it, it was so beautifully animated, the way they used light and color, and the way that these two characters kind of learned about each other. And uh, I thought the twist just completely worked, and it's one of my favorite movies of the year. I, I just, I loved, I loved Your Name so much. Uh, so I don't know, Jim, what do you think of uh, Your Name? Um, I, I, I liked it, especially like all the teen stuff. As a teen movie, because there hasn't, we don't really get a lot of good ones. Although I didn't see Age of Seventeen, but uh, it it was actually a one I really liked. Um, I the the other part of it, which um, not giving anything away, really has a lot to do with the um, what's called the three eleven earthquake in Japan, and uh, or that's what the director said the metaphor was mm-hmm. and such. Um, but um, I liked it. I I like those parts. I think I like the first half more. But in terms of also, I haven't seen a really good body swap movie that's as good as your name. And I think it really got more of like the realistic things you'd probably do if you switch bodies. Yeah. 
someone of the opposite gender like that, which was kind of, it might sound like I'm being like perverted or something, but I think, I think there were a lot of things. It was like, I think that's semi-natural. It was, but they did it in a very funny way. It wasn't, you know, um, nothing gross or anything. I think it has a good heart yeah. on its shoulders and yeah. you know, everything. I well, can kind of understand really cool. why it became so popular. But anyway, sorry. Yeah, what was really cool is, no, it was really cool is that they switch off every day, which most of the time body swap comedies, it's like they're there for, for a long time. And so they leave each other notes on their phones and on their things, and they start to become friends. It's really a movie about friendship and and how through these sort of notes and through sort of living each other's lives. And I really thought they captured well sort of the experience of, say you go to a party and you only know one, say you know the person who's throwing the party, but you don't know anybody else at the party, and you're kind of there with their friends. And you, they're nice people, it's not like, but they're just not, like, not your friends, and so it feels sort of weird. And that's kind of how I felt like captured that really well of like, your like sort of feeling of like your friends are weird. I don't know. If like your friends. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, I I just thought the script was so creative. I didn't have any idea where it was going. It was very un. It was very original, and I just loved the the characters. I was really rooting for them, and uh. And I don't know, just beautiful. So uh, definitely keep her out for your name. Uh, it's it's great. Um, okay, moving on. So the next one we'll talk about is Moana. This is directed by Ron Clements, John Musker. Uh, and I love this movie. Like I have a, you can never completely separate yourself from your, you can never from separate yourself from your movie going experience. Like, uh -huh. and I have a love for Polynesia and for Hawaii. And I, I, I love the ocean. I love swimming in the ocean. I love being in the ocean. And I love Lin-Manuel Miranda and Hamilton. And so all these elements that were going in. And I, Little Mermaid is one of my favorite movies ever. So Ron Clements, John Musker, like all these elements that were in this movie, I felt like it was made for me. And I, and I came out of it just like glowing. I was so wow. happy. And I know that everybody responded to it as much as me, but it just hit all of my notes. I loved the songs. I loved her story. I loved how she was going out to serve her people. Like she wasn't just a re rebellious girl like Ariel was, who I love, by the way. Uh -huh. um, but she was going out to serve and uh, and also, you know, to grow and learn. And I just loved Maui and I loved the 2D elements and I loved your welcome and I loved shiny and I loved that stupid crab. And I loved the the little chicken was hilarious. And it just all worked for me. I've seen it three times now and I love it. And uh, so anyway, uh, what do you think of Moana, Tony? Oh man, I feel very bad now because that's okay. I, Go for I'm it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest. This movie honestly underwhelmed me. Okay. Like, I expected so much more out of this film uh, because I was really like ever since last year, I was like, yes, Moana. I can't wait to see this film. And then uh -huh. I came out going, it was okay and all like, I did really like most of the songs. The animation is beautiful. Some of Disney's best work, but I came out of that. I expected so much more out mm -hmm. of the movie. Like I, like I, I thought the adventure I, I feel like there could have been more to the adventure because I thought maybe they were going to travel island by island with Moana and Maui, and there wasn't really all that much traveling. And the adventure in itself, I actually found myself quite bored watching. Like, I just felt like there wasn't as much to the adventure as there could have. And that this might be an unpopular opinion, but that scene with the crab, 
I thought that was tonally out of place with the rest of the movie. Because whereas Moana had this more calm tone, once mm-hmm. it gets to the crab, it's like it goes from being so somber to, I'm cooking, it's shiny, I'm cooking. I'm going like, what the heck is this? So that, that scene really did not work for me. And the song Shiny, um, I didn't care for that one either. And and also Maui, I did really love You're Welcome. Like that's one of my favorite songs. I can't get that song out of my head, even as we're talking about this movie right now. And The Rock's performance is very energetic. He had so much charisma. But the character, Maui, I could not get into him until once he revealed a backstory, which isn't until like the third act. That's when I started to feel for him. But before that, I was actually getting quite irritated by Maui. And, you know, the way he would treat Moana throughout the film, I'm all like, really, man? What has what has Moana ever done to you? So... And then, the, and then the climax, I, I do appreciate what Disney tried to do with the climax. They're trying to set up for something heartwarming, but I, it felt like a cop-out to me with the direction that they went with that climax. So overall, I, I think Moana is an okay film, but and I know a lot of people are loving it, and more power to those that do, but for me, I'm not going to lie, I was pretty disappointed by this film. How dare you? No, that's fine. I, I get it. Uh, that's That's fine. I... Uh, I, I also thought it had a bit of sort of an odyssey feel to it, you know, where like she, she's on this journey and she meets one, she meets the coconuts. She's just like with, with uh, the odyssey when he meets, like he'll meet Medusa and he'll meet the, and then he'll meet the next, you know, s- obstacle and the next and the next. I kind of oh, yeah. like that. And, and um, so, yeah, uh, it, it just, it, like I said, it ticked all my boxes, but, uh, but what did you think, Jim? Uh, well, uh, I'll have to go right after this because it's getting a little late for me. But, yeah, um, sorry. No, no, it's okay. Um, I, I like Moana. I don't think it's like the best um, of this era, but I still liked it a lot. I I like the Shiny song. It sounded like a Flight of the Concord song to me, despite being written by Lin-Manuel Miranda and um, uh, not Flight of the Concords, although it's writ- uh, sung by uh, one of the Flight of the Concords. And um, I liked the the rock a lot. I thought he did a great performance. I liked the Fury Road reference with the little, um, what is it like, coconut shell guys or whatever. Yeah. And, and I, I like the spirit to it, and I like the message of it. And it's still a really strong movie. I think it's probably going to get overshadowed by um, Zootopia a lot. I don't know if I'm as passionate about it as Zootopia, but I still think it's a really great entry in the disney catalog and i think it's uh you know i i still liked it a lot i just am not personally as passionate i didn't like it as much music as much as hamilton at mm-hmm. all and i do really like hamilton a lot mm-hmm. um so but i i still think it was a great um it's still a very good disney movie it kind of got similar to the inside out good dinosaur thing but not as much because i noticed people are really passionate about it i don't share that i guess but i still enjoy it and i actually plan on seeing it again at some it's point. not as good as Inside Out, but I don't Inside Out. Or so I mean, as Zootopia or anything. But anyway, oh, okay. I need to go. But thank you very yeah. much for having me on. Yeah, yeah. we're it's perfect because Sing's the only one left, and uh, and Tony and I have seen that. So where oh, okay. where can people find you? Oh, uh, I'm on uh, YouTube under my name Jim Gisrael, and you can watch all my reviews there. And I'm on Twitter and Tumblr under the same name. So just find me there. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate it. Oh, and, thanks uh, for having me on. And everyone check out uh, Rachel's channel. And I don't know Tony's channel, but it sounds like it's pretty good. <laughs> so, <sorry. laughs> but also, I'll check it out after this. But um, you, oh, should check, you. you should check 
their stuff out and uh and i hope you guys have a good 2017 uh, or rest of 2017 yeah uh, you too all right cool have a, have good, a night. good night Tim. <laughs> bye. Right. bye okay so tony let's talk about sing real quick sing. yeah sorry this has gone on a little longer than we just had so many to cover um so i uh, um so sing i what did you think about sing i actually really enjoyed sing um, I, I did really like the the fact that we follow more than one character. Like, I actually really like the, you know, without getting it too much details, because I know the movie isn't out yet, but the way the first 10 minutes would be cutting to the character introductions, I was like, hey, that's actually a pretty cool way to introduce all these characters in just the first 10 minutes. And then once we do get to see all these characters, it's kind of cool to follow them because even though they're competing in the singing competition, each of them have their different reasons for why they're doing this whole singing competition. So in a way, it's like this big character-driven story. Like I felt it was more about the characters than it was about the singing in a way. Of course, when the singing's there, it's a lot of fun and all that, but I think what did really make me like seeing was just the characters themselves and the animation by illumination you know just like with illumination it's very colorful it's very bright and i actually did really like the koala voice by matthew mcconaughey there was a lot of heart to his character and you could tell that he actually did care about the competitors so i just thought it had a very nice storyline to each of these characters and it's a film that honestly put a smile on my face when I walked out of the screening. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I had the same, I had very low expectations going into it. Uh, the trailers I thought were really bad and this, the core story is very played out. Uh, you know, the save the farm, save the school, save the thing, but I don't mind a played out story if it's executed well, as I said before. And I, and I actually think they executed it pretty well here. I, I particularly liked the way that they had these, uh, these contestants who yeah, we will definitely won't be we know most people haven't seen this so we won't be spoilers don't worry um but um they had all these contestants that uh were it could have been easy to do them like all be sort of teenagers or all be kind of but they were a wide array of obviously they're animals but a wide array of different types of characters which i liked and once you get past the um because they say that this has like 85 songs in it but most of those are extremely brief like very very short and once you get past the audition phase, you get to this core group of people. And actually, I thought they were pretty good. And I really liked Rosita was my favorite. because. Oh, yeah, mine too. Yeah. Because I think that when you have a character, like it's such a unique experience for kids to be able to see a housewife character type character, a frazzled housewife. And I can just imagine that a child would see her character and be like, huh, let me think about my mom maybe a little bit or, or other people in my life that might be a little bit frazzled or taking care of me. Like, that's sort of an interesting thing. And I thought they did it really well. And she, I just liked her character arc. And I, I, I thought that the songs, when you got a whole song, were really good, actually. <laughs> I thought <laughs> oh, they were yeah. well sung. And there were enough, like, original songs mixed in there. And, like, I liked the uh, Scarlett Johansson character, her, Ash, I think her name is, I liked her song. Yeah. And uh, you have the um, the mouse singing all the way, and that was really good. And you have uh, you have don't you worry about a thing. I liked the elephant who is has all this talent, but she's too scared to like perform. And that's such like a 
thing you can relate to if you've ever had to perform. It's like, you know you have it in you, but, but you have a hard time expressing it. You're, you're just too shy to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What do you like about the characters? Or um, I just really liked how different each of the characters are. Like, you know, for one, like what you said, the elephant, like, that, like, that's something I'm sure a lot of people can relate to because, you know, we've gone in that phase in our lives where we're too shy to do something, but then once we actually do it, we seem to overcome that shyness. So I, I, like, I really like following mm -hmm. her storyline. And then the gorilla voiced by Taron Edgerton, I really like following yeah. his story because, you know, his father and his other team, they're criminals, and obviously he wants to get past the criminal life so to see him enter in the singing competition um, to hopefully get all that criminal life that he doesn't want, I actually really enjoyed following that. And then the underappreciated mom, I really love Rosita because of just how bubbly and just th that bubbly personality that she has. And I think that's why it's great that yeah. it got Reese Witherspoon to voice her because Reese Witherspoon does have that bubbly personality that fits that character well. And you want her to succeed because you don't want her to just be the mom that looks after the kids and the dead and that's all she has going in life. You know, like she actually goes out there and, you know, it's kind of inspiration of moms out there when you really think about that. So that's why I like that part of the storyline. And then Ash, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything, but out of, uh, out of everything, after everything she does go through, you know, she doesn't give up on what she believes. And so mm -hmm. it just has all these arcs. And I think that's what makes each arc stand out. Like, I think I appreciate each arc equally because of mm -hmm. how different each character arc is in this film. And like what you said, it's just a very well executed movie. I think so too. I'm the only flaw, the big problem that I have with this movie, and maybe this is a nitpick, but I didn't like in this day and age with the racial tensions and stuff that we have, I thought mm -hmm. it was in poor taste that they made all of the gang members because they're, they're all dark skinned animals and gorillas. And then they have the, then they have the other gang, which is brown bears. And I'm just like, <laughs> like I much prefer in, in Secret Life of Pets, the way that, you know, they've got, like, it, I didn't like the, the gang scenes very much as far as the story, but I liked the how the gang was assembled of, like, a bunny and a pig and a alligator, and, you know, you've got all these different things, and I think that they should have done something like that, because it just was, like, uh, it's just, I don't know, that, it might, like I said, it might be a nitpick, but it just bothered me a little bit. So, like, say, for example, instead of it being all gorilla, one could be a gorilla, the one, the other one could be a tiger, which, by the way, how come there's no tigers in this film? Yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. Like, uh, they, you know, you, you have a pig, you have a, just, just so they're not all black. Like, it was just kind of like, oh, all right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I understand that. that. Uh, but I, I was that was not a deal breaker for me I was still able to enjoy the film and I walked away you know I always say the secret of happiness in life is low expectations and that was definitely mm -hmm. true with me with this <laughs> I had very low expectations and so I walked away pleasantly surprised nice so there you go um, all right one last one that I'm just gonna mention real quick is called the red turtle and this is uh, directed by my Michael Dudek DeWitt and it is a collaboration between Studio Ghibli and the uh, and this uh, Dutch Danish I'm, I forget where he's from uh, <laughs> uh, animator. 
and it is gorgeous. I highly recommend watching this movie. It is about, it's a silent movie. There's no dialogue. It's about this man who is his uh, shipwrecked onto a desert island, and he tries to escape three times, but each time this red turtle breaks up his raft. And so he ends up back on the island, and they end up having this connection between the red turtle and him. And I won't spoil it for you, but it's so beautiful. Oh, my gosh, the animation is stunning. And, I mean, I'm just a sucker for the ocean in any way. Uh, but this is beautiful, and it's a beautiful story about fate and how sometimes, uh, whether it's God or, or the spirit or nature or whatever you want to believe in, but sometimes things outside of ourselves guide us and help us make the right choices is kind of the message of, of the story. And uh, it was just a great, great movie. So uh, that is everything. Holy cow. Oh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> we did it, Rachel. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Poor Gatorade. So, on me. <laughs> I should have asked Jim. I forgot. But so what would you say is your favorite? Uh, we all know Norma the North is the least favorite, but what is your favorite of the year? What would you give the uh, award to? Like as far as animation? Yeah, of the films we talked about. Okay. Um, there, there's been a lot that I've liked, loved, and then there's okay ones, a couple of bad ones. But out of all the ones, Kubo on the Two Strings is still like my best animated movie of the year. Yeah, it's really good. Um, uh, mine is Moana is my favorite. And partly, like I said, it's that personal connection that I have uh, with the islands. And I just I just felt like it, they just captured that so well. Um, I did really like that about Moana is mm -hmm. how they captured the Polynesian culture. Yeah. Because it helped me learn more about that. So that's one thing I will say about the film. I did like seeing that. Yeah. And uh, so, but I, I, and then I'd say, I, my ranking, I'd say Moana and then your name, and then the Red Turtle, Zootopia, and Kubo. But oh my gosh, I love all five of those films so much. So uh, I really want to check out the Red. I really want to check out the Red Turtle because I didn't watch a trailer, but I did watch a, a couple of reviews, and I did even see the Google images. And I'm all like, oh yeah, uh, I want to check out the Red Turtle soon. It's so good. I was so impressed. It's so beautiful. It like you could put it on and just like do yoga to it. It's so peaceful. <laughs> That's what I heard. It's a it's a very I heard it's a very relaxing movie. Yeah, it is. It's very relaxing. Some people probably think it's boring, but I didn't. So, all right. Well, thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And uh, so, where can people find you? Uh, thank you very much for bringing me here, Rachel. It was a lot of fun doing this. And if you guys want to find my channel, it is 22TigerDude, 22, and then TigerDude, the T is capital. And you can follow me on my Facebook page, my Twitter page, Instagram at 22TigerDude, and Snapchat at TigerDude222. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Uh, and you can find me at SmilingLDSGirl on all social media. And my blog is 54 Disney Reviews and here on Rachel's Reviews on my channel. And I have all the information for Jim and Tony and me uh, in the description. So check that out. And thank you so much to everybody in the chat room. Uh, they, we had a great discussion going on uh, while we spoke, and that was really awesome. So uh, thanks, and I uh, hope everybody continues to enjoy all these great films from 2016.